2, Matthew 16. I know a couple were at Clovercliff today, but I'm just going to do this. Does everybody know where Jesus was when he made his prophecy about, I'm going to build my church? Does everybody, anybody know? What was the name of the place? You know the name? What's the name? Caesarea Philippi. Where the heck's that? Well, does anybody know? It's in way north Israel in the foothills of Mount Hermon. Caesarea Philippi was a Greco-Roman stronghold that had been, for a long time before that, the center of the worship of Pan, a god where they would do immorality, some say child sacrifice. There was all, it was the Vegas of Israel. That's what people said. It was the most wicked place. Jesus is near the end of his ministry. He takes the boys up there, and he makes one of his most profound things. I'm going to build something. I need you to know. First, I want to know, who do people say I am? John the Baptist. Okay. Who do you say I am? Christ, the Son of the living God. Yes, upon this rock, I'm going to do what? Build my church, ecclesia. And what will happen? The gates of hell will not prevail against it. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, do you know where he was? He was right before a city that was up on a rock, up on a big cliff, again, in the foothills of Mount Hermon. And in this big rock, some of you may know this, there was a huge open crevice, cave-looking thing that water was coming out that was traditionally known as the gates of the underworld or the gates of Hades. Some people thought that. Jesus, and I hope you know this, and notice this in your Gospels when you read. Jesus not only wants to say things strategically, he wants to be in the right place when he says it. He wants to talk about living water when he's at Jacob's well, okay? He, he needs to be in certain locations when he says things, and he wanted to be in this place for this moment to make this proclamation. And the proclamation was, on this rock, yes, of the confession. On this rock, yes, Peter, which means little stone, but more than that. Upon this rock of a worldly location on earth that's full of demonic idolatry and sin, upon that rock, I'm going to build my church. And boys, you see the gates of he- the gates, of- the underwear right there? That's not going to stand against what I'm going to do. Jesus was making a declaration of war. Did everybody know that? Good. Some little child. That's awesome. Way to disciple your children. That's good. I don't believe it, but good job. <laughs> he was there making that. Then he goes up on, I don't know if anybody, the next story in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Do you remember what the next story is? It's the transfiguration. He goes up on a mountain. And most scholars think that's Mount Hermon, not Mount Tabor. That's the traditional. It's not. There were military sites there. He went up on Mount Hermon. It's the highest place in Israel. It's the place where, as some scholars do, they think that descending fallen angels came down and began to pollute the earth. You can read about that in other places. But that it was a place known for wickedness and evil and rebellion from fallen. Jesus went on that mountain, I think, and agree with the scholars, to in the midst of a prayer meeting with his three guys to declare that he was truly the son of man. He suddenly transfigured into a post-resurrection state. And when he did that, I wish I could have the video of what was going on in the spirit realm right then. Because Jesus had been playing his hand kind of quiet until that moment. 
I mean, he's casting out demons. He's healing the sick. But he's telling the book, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. You know what I mean? But right then, he manifested. And when he did that, the glory, I believe it put the enemy on notice. From that point on, he began to move back down through Galilee to Jerusalem. And he's headed for the cross. And it, 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 it really ramps up everybody's hatred and zeal for him. Because the devil's driving him toward the cross. He's headed there to actually kill the enemy with his own weapon. Because he's going to defeat death through the resurrection. While Jesus is transfigured, Moses and Elijah show up and talk to him. You remember that? And Moses and Elijah, maybe it stood for the law and the prophets, it could be. But Moses and Elijah, more than two, any other two characters showed an onslaught from the kingdom of God slaughter of an antichrist kind of resistance. Moses will by prayer and prophesying destroy the one world power, Egypt, at that time. He doesn't take a weapon up. He's holding a staff. And he unleashes the kingdom of God on the enemy of God, Egypt, and crushes them with a sea. Elijah is going to do a similar thing. You remember who he defeated? It wasn't Egypt. It was the prophets of Baal. 850 prophets, I mean, idolaters, spirit, demonized spiritists are killed in one day because the fire from heaven story. You remember the great showdown? I think it's no mistake why it was Moses and Elijah. I think it was connected to that. Jesus is saying, I'm going to do what they did, ramped up, and I'm going to bring an end to what's raping and pillaging this planet. I'm going to take the worst places of sin. We're going to take the gospel to it. I'm going to build my church. They're going to exercise the keys of the kingdom. And when they do it, they're going to unlock my glory and crush my enemies. That's what you've signed up for. You didn't sign up to get out of hell and go to heaven and then hit some conferences along the way and grab a burger. Are you kidding? You and I signed up for a king who's declared war on the underworld and all that's death. Did you know that? Now, you don't have to feel motivated about that, excited. I'm excited talking about it because it's dramatic information. But I'm not trying to get you pumped. I really want you to get a revelation of that. I want tonight for you to know he's real and for you to get connected, let me say it, to the man and to his plan. To the man, the glory of who he is, the God-man, and his plan, and I'm telling you, his plan never was to start Christianity. It never was to start a religion. He came to bring a kingdom. And he came to bring a kingdom that would march on the kingdom of darkness that's stealing the glory that he planned upon the planet. And he strategically did it at the gates of hell, at the gates of Hades. Now, whether you think that's superstition or not, what they believed, either way, men and women were demonized, living in sin, and needed to be set free. And Jesus was locked in on you and I exercising these keys. So, my question at the end of the plan one, my plan sermon, is this. Are you learning how to use the keys? Are you learning how to use the keys? Are you learning how much authority you have? I don't think it's authority so you can get six Cadillacs or 15 mansions or be a millionaire. I think it's authority to break demonic strongholds off of individuals, families, and culture. That's, that's the only hope. We don't elect Trump again if you like. Do it. And praise God for good things that happen. It's not going to change us toward the kingdom of God. We need the holy nation to rise up. 
I'm pro-righteousness and thankful, by the way, for the government and all that's happened in the last four years. I hope we get more of it. But at the end of the day, it's still mixed. We need a better leader than the best leader we've ever had. And he sits in heaven right now. He sits in heaven. Everybody pales in comparison. Until he comes back, he's sending you and I out to execute his authority. So we'll vote. We'll vote. I hate abortion. Hate the liberal. I hate all that stuff and the twisted whatever, okay? I don't. But listen, you're not going to defeat that physically until you spiritually activate and defeat it there. I said it today up there with all those people. Abortion is a deception. It's, it's just outright insanity. You can legally, I'm sorry, can I do this just a minute? Let me do this. You can legally kill that if you decide with a doc, but if the girl sits in her apartment, she's sick of being pregnant and kills the baby and throws it in a trash bin, which just happened, then they're going to charge her with a homicide. Does that seem inconsistent to you? Because we're mixed up. The culture's mixed up. It's deception. We think we can help women the best by giving them the power to end life. That's just deception. That needs to be addressed in the spirit realm. We need to break deception off of our nation. Judges and politicians, and there's nobody going to do Nobody's going to talk them out of deception. It's going it's to take a power encounter. It's going to take a power encounter. You can get mad about Democrats. You can get mad. I'm at some point, get off that and get in the spirit realm and break the deception that's causing the, the junk. Why are they confused about their gender? Because there's a real devil that wants boys to think they're girls and girls to think they're, <laughs> and to think they're attracted. And it's, God loves them, loves them. But the problem's first in the spirit realm, not in the natural realm. And I tell you, upon the rock of that chaos, he wants to build his church and wants you and I to exercise the keys of the kingdom. Amen? There's a man. How real is he? There's a plan. How in line are you with it? Everything else is distraction and idolatry, or it's just playing church. It's wartime. We're lovers of the man. We're warriors in the plan. That's what we are. And if you're smart enough, you'll go, Sam, isn't this the same sermon you've preached the last 50 times you've been up there? Yes, it is. You're very smart. And I'm going to keep it. Next week, I'm going to come, and I'm going to, I'm going to shift around the scriptures and shift around the stories. But it's going to be the same deal. So we're passionately, radically in love with him, and we're getting into agreement with his kingdom mission. I don't see why we do anything else. So may God help us. Amen. Lord, I pray, store our hearts up for the man. Get us into agreement with your plan. Thank you for your radical declaration that you were going to defeat the underworld. You were going to defeat the, uh, the, the kingdom of darkness and that the most sinful places would not stand against the advancement of your church. There's no defensive gate that could keep the offensive kingdom out. And so I pray for people in this room that are dealing with it in their own home, in their own heart, in the late night hour, as the darkness marches to seduce their heart out again, may we exercise a key. For the, fam the marriage that's struggling, I pray we could exercise a key. I pray, God, your people would walk in love and power and authority, and they would begin to advance your kingdom and defeat an enemy that's already lost.
Jesus' name, amen. Let me just restate what I just said there. Does everybody understand that it's kind of a winning proposal that we've signed up for? This is not, I wonder who's going to win this deal. We, right? We win. We're going to get beat up on the way. But we win. And so he sends out an army that already pre has the victory to execute a victory that has not manifested yet on planet earth. It's a wild thing. Joshua, it's your land. Go get it. It's your land. Now there's enemies in there and they're going to fight you tooth and nail. But go get it, buddy. It's already yours. The already, the not yet. We walk in that tension. Don't get confused by what I'm saying. We can stay in there and we can do that. Amen.